This is Bigger Pockets Daily, where you learn how to invest in real estate 365 days a year. I'm your host, Tyler. The following article comes from the blog at biggerpockets.com, but you can't read the blog when you're commuting to work or getting your Airbnb ready for your next guest. We know you've heard it before. Cash flow is getting very hard to find. There's always long distance investing, but you may be thinking, I don't have a team, enough experience, or the market knowledge to get in. That's where you're wrong. And it's also where Rent to Retirement comes in. Rent to Retirement offers fully turnkey properties that are newly built or renovated, leased and managed, allowing you to invest out of state with confidence. They've got single family, multifamily, new build, and syndication opportunities across multiple markets. They even have bird deals with immediate equity. Rent to Retirement helps investors learn how to build a bulletproof business plan with the best investment in tax strategies around to help you reach financial freedom through real estate. There's no excuse not to get started in real estate investing when you have the right team and systems already in place. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com. Or text REI to 33777. Again, text REI to 33777. You're trying to close on your next rental. So why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9 to 5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Meet RentApp, the seamless, secure, free way to collect rent. Built by a team of fintech veterans behind Square and Cash App, RentApp uses ACH bank transfers to deposit funds directly into your account. You don't even need to download anything. RentApp setup is straightforward for renters, and there are no apps for landlords to download. Both get peace of mind with a digital transaction history. That means no more lost checks, managing a dozen different payment apps, or even wondering whether payment was sent. Landlords say RentApp is the most convenient way to collect rent, and we think you'll agree. RentApp. 
the free and easy way to collect rent. Learn more at rent.app slash landlord. That's rent.app slash landlord. Did we avoid a recession with help from the housing market? By Lindsay Frankel. Economists look to the residential housing market as a primary indicator of whether a recession is coming, and home transaction and construction data began showing positive signs that the housing downturn may have reached a bottom in February. Many believe we've dodged a severe recession, and some are even optimistic that the Fed will achieve the soft landing the central bank was hoping for, an outcome of stabilized inflation without a significant rise in unemployment. Consumer spending has begun to plateau, and the Fed has signaled that it will likely put future rate hikes on hold while keeping an eye on inflation. The rate hikes that began last March may finally be coming to a close. Meanwhile, signs have pointed to a recovery in the housing cycle. After a contraction in selling activity, a slowdown in residential development, and falling home prices, things started to turn around in February. But... We may not be out of the woods. Home selling activities always pick up this time of year. There's typically a 34% increase in sales activity between February and March, and home prices tick up 3% during the same period, according to the National Association of Realtors. New data for March is actually showing the reverse after a slight turnaround in February. Furthermore, many economists are still forecasting a mild recession in 2023, especially in light of recent bank closures. Yeek. There's a chance that home prices could fall further from their most recent low before the economy truly recovers. The ups and downs in housing activity. Mortgage rates have come down from their peak, with recent Federal Reserve data putting the average 30-year fixed-rate mortgage at 6.43%. That's still high enough to cause affordability pressure, but the Case-Shiller U.S. National Home Price Index has fallen about 5% since its peak last June, and in some markets, prices have fallen even further. Together, these factors have brought home buying into reach for a greater pool of buyers, causing demand to tick up while housing is still in short supply, at least temporarily. In February, Existing home sales surged 13.8% for the first time since July 2020. But in March, selling activity for existing homes dropped by 2.4%. The Northeast was an exception, maintaining steady selling activity. The latest mortgage application data from the Mortgage Bankers Association also shows a 1.2% dip in mortgage applications after a rise the week prior. Similarly, New housing starts, completions, and authorizations fell slightly in March after an uptick in February. So, Dr. Alexander Tomic, director of the Boston College MS in Applied Analytics and MS in Applied Economics programs, all that to say he's really smart, says the temporary rebound in selling activity was likely a seasonal blip. House prices are still very strong, leading to affordability issues in many, if not most, markets, he says. In addition, he also says, (laughs) interest rates are still elevated and I do not think they will come down meaningfully soon, thus putting additional pressure on prices. Regional banks have also been pulling back a bit on issuing new mortgages and tightening their standards for lending recently. 
which is predicted to have a significant effect on demand since regional banks account for most U.S. mortgages. According to Desmond Lachman, which who, he's the former deputy director at the International Monetary Fund, this credit crunch will curb demand for homes and also put the economy at a higher risk of recession, delivering multiple blows to the housing market. He also expects home prices to fall up to 20% from their peak, but notes that it could take a while to see that full impact. Homebuilder confidence is improving, but slowly. Now, even with continued problems with the supply of building materials in the construction sector, builders are growing more optimistic, but the National Association of Home Builders and the Wells Fargo Housing Market Index has only risen to 45. That's the highest it's been since September, but the reading still indicates poor conditions for the housing market. All right, now let's take a look at some factors that could result in a recession. So far, the Fed has managed to reduce inflation without significantly weakening the economy, according to Tomek. But with history as a guide, the Fed will likely only achieve a soft landing if there are no external shocks to the economy. In other words, a bit of luck, maybe? Tomek says tensions with China over Taiwan could result in significant trade disruption or a significant shock to the financial system, which might tip the economy into a recession. But Tomek also says that rising inflation or inflation expectations would drive the Fed to push up the federal funds rate further, making credit even more costly for consumers and businesses. Has the Fed succeeded in the past, you may ask? Economists do disagree on this, on what constitutes a soft landing when analyzing past monetary tightening cycles, but most identify the outcome of the 1993 to 1995 rate hikes as a soft landing. So when the Fed began raising the federal funds rate in 1993, it did so as a preventative measure. The consumer price index was only 2.8% with a stable unemployment rate, but the Fed anticipated higher inflation and adjusted the federal funds rate accordingly. The Fed achieved a perfect soft landing in this case. The unemployment rate decreased for the following six years, and the inflation rate remained stable for two years before dipping slightly. GDP growth stayed above 3% for most of the decade, and the Fed was applauded, yay, for preventing a recession. But the Fed also had luck on its side, too, and the foresight to intervene proactively. Some people might think the Fed waited too long to begin tightening monetary policy this time around, but there was evidence that inflation may have been transitory at the time, driven by the pandemic. Meanwhile, multiple global crises are putting pressure on the U.S. economy. For example, the war in Ukraine, supply chain issues, and climate change are all complicating the Fed's ability to achieve its goals. The jury is still out on the probability of a soft landing, says Tomek, but history is not encouraging on this front. The Fed has managed to slow down inflation so far with relatively minor effect on the economy. So, here's how investors can respond to all of this. Home prices may not have reached the bottom just yet, and Tomek says he doesn't see prices rising significantly in the near term either. The economy is still strong and inventory is still low because people don't need to move for jobs as much before due to remote arrangements. He also says this, however, as the return to office increases 
and turnover in the labor market increases as well, there will likely be more inventory available. For all these reasons, I really don't see house prices rising significantly. Tomek doesn't know this to be true for sure, nobody does. <laughs> but since most economists are still predicting a recession sometime this year, bank closures are impacting mortgage lending, and March selling and building activity is trending downward again, it's reasonable to believe that prices will continue to fall in many markets. It's less likely that national home prices will begin rapidly rising again in the near future. So following that logic, it would seem like waiting out the remainder of the housing market downturn would be advantageous for investors, but price trajectories are so market-dependent, investors will just need to make choices based on the data in individual markets. For example, Zillow forecasts rising prices in 294 markets and falling prices in 102. Some markets in the southeast may have already hit a price bottom, according to economists, so investors in, say, Knoxville or Savannah may find that now is an opportune time to buy. Meanwhile, cities like San Francisco, Denver, Las Vegas, they're all expected to experience future price declines. The bottom line? Everyone is eager to avoid a serious recession, and that may result in some overly optimistic attitudes at the first signs of a housing market turnaround in February. But March data paints a different picture, huh? and most economists think there's more trouble ahead. Investors should look at local data when making investment decisions, and no matter where the market is headed globally, it's still important to crunch the numbers to ensure you'll get a good return especially if you're dependent on financing. Due diligence goes a long way in mitigating the effects of uncertainty in the housing market. That's today's show. We'll see you tomorrow. But in the meantime, check out the Bigger Pockets bookstore at biggerpockets.com store. You can learn about flipping, rental properties, negotiating, note investing, brr, and more. Most titles are available as audiobooks too. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you in 24 hours.